Romans 5.17 says, Those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Wow. Let me just repeat that again and open up that hungry mind and just let the Holy Spirit touch your thoughts with the wonder of these phrases. Those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness, they reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Let's begin by asking the question, what is righteousness? We use that word a lot, even in society and non-religious circles. The idea of righteousness probably conjures up in most people's mind a sense of correctness or rightness. Um, but the problem in determining what righteousness really is is it depends on what group you're talking to, what nation, what culture. Sometimes the idea and concept of righteousness changes from family to family. Uh, a child in one family could behave a certain way and be considered righteous, and the same behavior in another family could be deemed as less than righteous. And so righteousness, from an earthly standpoint, tends to change based on whose say-so is saying so. And um, so righteousness can be a very ambiguous concept. But there is a real righteousness that the Bible talks about this morning. And Righteousness is basically a theological concept. That means that, that righteousness really has no firm basis outside of belief in God. That true righteousness presumes that there is an absolute standard. That there is a God who is righteous and has made certain determinations. And what He has determined that is what righteousness is. And then righteousness flows from that particular standard. Really, if righteousness is righteousness at all, it can't be based on what one family says or what one culture or one aspect of society says um, because the, the ideas of righteous behavior and righteous speech change depending on who you're running around with. Listen to this verse out of Isaiah when the Lord spoke about righteousness. I have, this is Isaiah 45, 19. I have not spoken in secret in a place of the land of darkness. I did not say to the seed of Jacob, seek you me in vain, because I, God, speak righteousness. I declare the things that are right. So God is saying, I'm not crafty. I'm not confusing. I don't say one thing and do another. I'm very clear, and when I speak, I speak righteousness, and I declare things that are right. So righteousness, righteousness begins on the foundation that God is right, and that His say-so is righteous. So therefore, righteousness is God's say-so in action. Whenever you see righteousness, you're seeing God's say-so in action. When you saw Jesus say to the woman taken in adultery, neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more, that was righteousness in action because that was the Father's say-so. That was what God says was right, and Jesus was putting into action what God says is right. When Peter at the gate beautiful took the lame man 
and said to him, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I to you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk, and took him by the hand and lifted him up. That was righteousness in action because that was the Father's say-so. That was the will of God. That was right in what is right in God's eyes. And so if you take that concept, you can look in, through the Scriptures and look around you in your own life. You can even measure yourself and look at things and you can tell what is righteousness and what isn't righteousness. So righteousness flows from God's say-so. So therefore it follows on. Since righteousness is, is, stems from God who is righteous, it follows that righteousness among men, or righteousness in mankind, or righteousness among people, is determined by right relationship with God. Righteousness isn't based on behavior first. It's based on relationship first. Are you in right relationship with God? That is what determines whether you are righteous or not. And so, if God says you're righteous, you're righteous. If He declares right things, and if He has a say-so, if God says you're righteous, you're righteous. And therein lies the relationship between righteousness and authority. There is a two-sided coin. Righteousness cannot be separated from authority. And authority, true biblical authority, cannot be separated from righteousness. You can't separate the two. They work together. They're both expressions of God. And so God has authorized your righteousness. When you are made righteous in Jesus Christ, it's because God says you're righteous. It's not because you met a certain standard. It's not because you were recognized by a particular church. It's not even because your friends say, wow, you really are a Christian. I can, I can tell by your behavior. Your righteousness is completely based upon the fact that God in heaven declares that you're righteous. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life through the blood of Jesus, and you've been declared righteous. Can you say amen? amen. Probably one of the greatest uh, sections of text that deal with this concept. It's got some powerful thoughts in it. I, I'd like to, I'll read through it quickly, but just we'll pick out the the points that are pertinent to righteousness and our authority. It's in Romans chapter 3 where it deals with righteousness and sin and so forth. Beginning in verse 23, and Paul says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Jews and Gentiles, those that were living under the law as Jews, and the Gentiles who had absolutely no covenant with God, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, meaning all of humanity has fallen down with regard to righteousness. The Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. And so nobody is righteous. That's how we all enter this life. We come into the world not righteous. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory, meaning we have fallen out of right standing with God. No one is righteous. Goes on to say, but they are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. So that means that man has fallen down, he's not righteous. But God picks him up and stands him back in justification. God determines you are justified through your faith in Jesus Christ. So God's not going through the earth and looking to see who's behaving good. He's not Santa Claus, remember? If you're naughty or nice, 
he's keeping a list and checking it twice. That's not, that's not a, that doesn't come from the Bible. That's not God. God takes the lowly and the broken. He justifies them and stands them up and says, you are now upright. You are righteous. And so they become righteous because he declares them righteous. You see, that's how God does everything in the universe. He makes it, and then it behaves in the nature that he made it in. God didn't take a bunch of seeds and throw them on the ground to see what would produce a zebra, what would produce a monkey, what would produce a man, what would produce a scorpion, and, and throw, threw down a seed, and then it began to shake it began to take form, and it began to grow arms and legs and a mouth and stand up. And God said, oh, it's behaving like a man. I shall call that a man. No, God made Adam a man. And then Adam went and behaved like a man. God created a scorpion. It behaved like a scorpion because he made it a scorpion. The same with righteousness. God doesn't, God doesn't look around and say, well, who is behaving the right way? I will determine, I will call her righteous because she acts righteous. Because then when she stops acting or less than righteous, her behavior falls below that certain standard, then God has to say, well, she's no longer righteous. But God justifies us through Jesus Christ. So he goes on to say in Romans, God publicly displayed Jesus at his death as the mercy seat accessible through faith. This was to determine his righteousness because God in his forbearance had passed over the sins that were previously committed. Now there's some big ideas there, but if I could just break it out for you in real simple terms. The Bible says that, that when Jesus died, God presented him as the mercy seat, the place where God said, I will look and commune with you above the mercy seat. And the blood of the sacrifice that is acceptable will be placed upon that mercy seat, and I will see you as cleared from your sins, and I will see you as justified. And so the Bible says that God raised up Jesus as the mercy seat, accessible to you through faith, and by doing that, He demonstrated His righteousness. So, Look, somebody can like you. You could be popular with a particular crowd or group, and they could say, wow, you're really righteous. But you know that doesn't make you righteous at all. Because they are not righteous. How can they make you righteous? Just because people accept you, that doesn't make you anything. If you've got a problem needing acceptance from people, remember this, that if you get the acceptance you think you need, it doesn't add anything to you. It doesn't make you anything. But when God accepts you, because he has the authority to transform you. You see, God demonstrated his righteousness by setting the mercy seat out and saying, if you come on the mercy seat to Jesus Christ, I will raise you up and I will pronounce you, I will declare you righteous. Why can God, unlike anyone else or any institution, why can God declare you righteous? Because he has the say-so. Because he is righteous. When he who is righteous and everything he says and does is right and is righteous, when he stands you up and justifies you and says, Barbara, you are righteous. 
bless God, you're righteous. By him doing that and declaring that over you, he has now made you righteous. Nobody can do that. No church can do that for you. No mother, no father, no friend, nobody can condition you and make you righteous. But Jesus can do that. That's his righteousness in action. And it goes on to the final verse in verse 26 and says, this, this, this setting up Jesus as the mercy seat was also to demonstrate his righteousness, not only in the past sins that he washed away, but in the present so that, and the sins that we commit in the present, so that he may be just and the justifier of the one who lives because of Jesus' faithfulness. So you're righteous because God who is just and has the right to justify those that trust in Jesus has said that you are righteous. So in summary, it's an exercise of God's righteousness to declare you righteous when you're in Jesus Christ. That action that God takes when he says, Terry, you've received my son, Jesus, as your Savior. You, by, by receiving him, you have his righteousness. I declare that you are righteous in my son, Jesus. That act of God doing that, that is righteousness. So you are literally born again by an act of righteousness. Your righteousness is not even because you were smart enough to receive Jesus. You're not, God doesn't look at anything you do and says, because you did that, you're righteous. You receive Jesus and God says, because of what Jesus did, I am acting to make you righteous. Literally, God has the right to declare you righteous. And the, the act of God declaring you righteous is what makes you righteous. That should make you jump up and shout three times, glory to God. Because that means that the righteousness cannot be taken away from you. God gave it to you and it's founded upon His act of righteousness, not upon yours. So even when God declares you righteous, you're righteous and from day to day, from hour to hour, you may act more righteous than at other times. Sometimes you may act less righteous. But regardless of how you act, you are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. That is why true righteousness has God's authority behind it. Otherwise, our authority would be up and down. Now you might say, well, our authority does tend on a functional level. We, we tend to see our authority be effective and less effective from time to time. That's because we take our faith and our opinion of righteousness off of Jesus and we put it on ourselves. We don't intend to be self-righteous, but we end up doing it anyway because it's very hard emotionally for us who live in this body that changes and goes through cycles, it's very hard for us not to think of righteousness in terms of the performance of our own behaviors. And so our confidence in our standing, unfortunately, is too often tied to our behavior rather than his right to declare us righteous. In fact, the practical side of this is that when you are at your weakest and having the 
a struggle behaving in the nature of righteousness that God has given to you, when you're at that moment when you seem the least righteous, that is the time when you want to look up and connect with the truth, the truth that God has made you righteous. Say, Father God, Lord, I know that I am behaving or thinking or speaking in less than uh, and, and less of a nature than what you have determined and called me to be. Forgive me, I receive that blessing of righteousness that you have given to me. And I reset my affection on things above. You have the authority to do that. Because if you were not made righteous through him, you couldn't do that. God would say to you, well, you better get to work. You better get busy. You better get working on it. And you know that the harder you work, the more you dig, the deeper hole you make for yourself. That's just, a, that's just the way that it is. The more you struggle to be good, the worse you get. Human effort just digs a bigger hole. That's all it does. Now, does that mean we should never make an effort? No, but our efforts should always be funneled through Jesus. Our efforts should always be funneled through faith in Him rather than the misconception that righteousness is relative to how people see you rather than how God sees you. Let me also say to you that God doesn't declare you righteous because you are. You are because He declares you righteous. Praise the Lord. Because you are trusting Jesus who has the authority to justify you, God declares you righteous. Amen. So we see the association between righteousness and authority. Would you with me for a moment consider the blessings of the righteous? The Bible is filled. Sometime do a concordance study using your Bible app or your analog concordance. And look up the word righteous or the phrase the righteous. It's amazing the promises of God. I've selected just a few of them. Consider these. Proverbs 10.24 says, the desire of the righteous shall be granted. Look at the authority. The desire of the righteous shall be granted. I love the fact that it doesn't say the just deserves of the righteous shall be granted. I love the fact that it says the righteous will have the desires of their heart. Why are you entitled to the desire of your heart? Is it based on your performance? Thank God it is based on your righteousness. And when you properly center your concept of righteousness in faith in Christ that He has made me righteous, your desires, God says, I'll meet those desires. Hallelujah. Your desires, not what you deserve, but what you desire. That is amazing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Proverbs 11, chapter 10 says, When it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices. There's where revival comes from. As the righteous, God wants it to go well with you. Don't resist the idea that it ought to go well with you. There's nothing humble about saying, well, I don't really, you know, I don't want to aspire to a promotion at work, or I don't, you know, I don't want to, God doesn't need to give me a bigger house, this little hobble, this tent in the back is okay. Um, when you reject the idea of advancement and promotion, you are resisting the blessing to the city. The Bible says when it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices. Why is that? 
Because God is promoting the righteous. And when God is promoting the righteous because they are letting Him promote them, why, are they, why is God promoting them? Because they are relishing their righteousness in Him. We're not talking about self-righteous. We're talking about the true righteous. Those who depend on Jesus and God's promoting them. Righteousness is being established and the city is blessed. Wait till you catch this one. Proverbs eleven twenty one says, The seed, everyone say the seed. the seed. We're talking about your children's. The seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Come on, let me say it again. I'm going to use English this time. The seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shall be delivered. Listen to me. Listen to me. You better act righteous. Think righteous. Speak righteous. Live in connection with your righteousness and God will deliver your children. God will deliver them. Make sure you're thinking Make sure you're speaking. Make sure your actions are putting you in contact, in connection with your true nature. Not your, not your sinful nature that the Lord has crucified in Christ, but your righteousness nature. Put your faith in the fact that you're righteous in Christ and walk in that righteousness and you won't have to go crazy chasing your children down. God will deliver your seed. Listen to me. God will deliver the seed of the righteous. Just stand, live, think, speak, and act in righteousness. Defend the territory of righteousness. Do not allow anything to penetrate your domain. Don't let anything penetrate your domicile. Don't let anything break into your territory that is unrighteous. Maintain the righteousness of God and watch your seed get delivered. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Are you listening to me? Why? Because you are maintaining the fortification of righteousness. Remember, authority works through righteousness. Now that child, that child may be a prodigal. They may go out and blow all your money before it's done. They may go out and hang with the pigs after partying. They may go out and get on drugs and go through a, uh, what do they call those places you go to? to rehab, thank you. Yes, rehab. They may have to spend a couple trips into rehab, but they will be delivered. Are you listening? They will be delivered. You walk in righteousness, your seed will be delivered. Why? Because that's where the authority is. See, now you can go to church, you can carry a big old Bible, you can act like a Christian, but if you don't have righteousness consciousness and walk in the faith of righteousness, then even though your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you're not maintaining your life in righteousness, then, then your seed may be out there a little longer than they need to be. <laughs> so keep that righteousness going. Somebody say praise the Lord. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous runs into it and is safe. Glory, hallelujah. hallelujah. You know, some people always say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. But Jesus isn't helping them. Five Jesuses are not going to deliver you. Are you listening to me? Frantic, frantic 
Jesus, 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 Jesus. That's not running into the, the name of the Lord as a strong tower. But standing in righteousness, the name of the Lord is your defense. Hallelujah. You'll run into it and the Bible says you'll be safe. Because there's authority when you walk in righteousness mentality. When you know, yeah, I'm in a bad situation because I goofed up. I messed up. I put myself in this situation. But guess what? The Lord hasn't abandoned me. I've gotten with Jesus over this thing. And I'm standing in righteousness. Not because I have built myself up or pulled myself out of the, the moat that I fell into. But because He justified me. He has forgiven me. He has picked me up. I've run to Him and He has cleaned me and put me back on my feet. Hallelujah. And so you will be safe. You'll, the Bible says you'll be safe. It says you'll run into the name of the Lord. When you say Jesus, you won't have to screech it five times. You'll just go, Jesus. He'll say, you're safe. Hallelujah. Gotcha. Praise the Lord. Somebody say amen. Proverbs 29.2 says, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. When the righteous are in authority, not the people who belong to the right party. Right party doesn't mean righteousness. Right cause, right cause doesn't mean righteousness. We're not talking about correctness. We're talking about relationship with Jesus Christ. We're talking about people who are getting up every day and letting the Lord's declaration that they are righteous move them out into their day. Hallelujah. The Bible says when those people are in authority, the people will rejoice. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Now listen to me. I ask myself, why is that? Why does the Bible say that when the righteous hold office, hold power, are in authority, are stewards and rulers, that the people rejoice because God's true authority does not connect with the unrighteous. God's true authority connects with the righteous. The authority of God is righteousness. And righteousness is the authority of God. So when the righteous hold office, God's authority moves through that office. God's authority will bless the people. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Um, in the New Testament, Matthew 13, 43 says, The righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. The righteous will shine like the sun. Now, to many of us, probably at first blush, that looks like a pious platitude. Like, well, that's nice. I'll, I'll shine like the sun. I, I'm, I'm having a hard time putting my finger on what that looks like. But, uh, yeah, I just know that that basically means things are going to be rosy. And that when I'm in the kingdom of my Father, I'll shine like the sun. And that, that's great. Um, what is that? Well, here's what that is. When people are not walking in the righteousness of God, when they're not righteous, they are living in darkness and they're running around in the world finding light, trying to seek light. Dark souls looking for light. But the Bible says when you are the righteousness of God in Christ, you are in the kingdom of your Father and light emanates from you. You don't have to be in a light situation. You bring light into the situation. Amen. You shine forth like the sun. How does the sun shine? 
The moon shines. When we look up at the sky at night, we see the moon shining. And, you know, the last full moon we had here, did you notice? It was like you could walk outside and see everything. The light was amazing. But the, the, the moon is just a reflection. That moon is just a stone sitting out in cold space. It has no light whatsoever. So why is it shining on us? Because the sun is radiating and bouncing its light off of the moon. That's not how you shine. The Bible says you shine like the sun. How does the sun shine? The sun is the source of light. Its light is warmth. Its light is life-giving. Its light comes from within itself. So the Bible says, the righteous living in the kingdom of their Father shine forth like the sun. That means as you walk through life and you walk through the kingdom of God, you don't have to look for a light situation. You are the light in the situation. Glory to God. That's a shouting verse right there. Just let you know that. 1 Peter 3.12, finally, one more. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and His ears are open to their prayers. Wow, have you ever said, are you listening? Do you see what I'm going through? The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and His ears are open to their prayers. You see, it's not learning how to pray those prayers. Just be in the righteousness. Receive God's righteousness. Know who you are in Christ. The authority isn't in how you pray. The authority is in your righteousness. That's why a five-year-old child could say, rise and be healed. It, it doesn't, it's not in the praying. It's in the position. Glory to God. Now let, let's, let's kind of wrap this up with answering the question, so how do I become righteous? How do you become righteous? Well, the, the simple answer is that Jesus makes you righteous. You can't become righteous by going to church. You can't become righteous by convincing people who seem righteous to let you into their club and say, oh, we're righteous and uh, you know, um, we've noticed that you, uh, you know, are, are following our guidelines, and so you are now righteous with us. Uh, righteousness is not a group faith thing. So, you are made righteous by Jesus Christ, which I've been saying all along this morning. 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says that he who knew no sin became sin for you, so that he might make you, that you may become, He might make you the righteousness of God in Christ. The obvious question that people ask is, if I'm not doing righteousness and I haven't earned the position of righteousness, how can God make me righteous? For example, if you've never jumped, you know, a little leap, <laughs> bet you know I could do that. But um, uh, if you've never jumped and God said, thou art a jumper, you say, well, I've never jumped. God says, I declare you a jumper. Start jumping. See, God declares you righteous, then you start righteousing. Right. Hallelujah. Because God declares you righteous. So the question is, how can God make you righteous when you've lived in darkness and you haven't behaved in righteousness? Well, the question 
To answer that question is, how can God make Jesus sin who never sinned? See, the great exchange is that Jesus died in place of your sin, in fact, took your sins upon him. That's quite miraculous. So that in his death and resurrection, he could then now put his righteousness on you who never was righteous. So the next time you ask yourself or someone asks you, well, how can I be made righteous? That, that's a bunch of Christian nonsense. You can't just take a, uh, somebody and just declare that the, they're righteous because they trust Jesus. How can, how can God do that? God's not fair. If God's not fair, then he was not fair when he let Jesus take your sins. Jesus, quite unfair, died. He was godly, died for the ungodly, bearing their ungodly punishment. Why did he do it? So he could turn around and give you who don't deserve righteousness, righteousness. He justified you when you didn't deserve it because he died for you when he didn't deserve it. You get that picture? So you are made righteous. Jesus was made sin. You are made righteous. Hallelujah. One of my favorite verses that deals with, and I see this verse really as the, the dividing line between the Old and the New Testament, is in the Gospel of John in verse 17 of chapter 1. It says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came. By Jesus Christ. Say given. given. Say came. came. Do you understand the difference? Get a picture in your mind. I can give you something. Or I can come to you. I can call FedEx and say I want to send this over to my friend Marty's house. Come pick it up. And I give Marty this thing that I want to give him. It shows up. He's got the thing. Or I can just come to him. So it's difference between giving and coming. The Bible says the law... The Ten Commandments was given by Moses, but grace and truth, by the way, grace and truth are the same. They're not two different coins in the same pocket. They're two sides of the one coin. People say, well, you know, this, this, uh, th th you know, this grace, uh, this teaching on grace is okay, but we need truth. Well, they're inseparable. There, there is no such thing as truth without grace because grace is the truth. And there is no such thing as grace without truth because grace is the truth and truth is grace. Praise the Lord. And so grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Wow, did he bring them with him? No, he was grace and truth. He is grace and truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In fact, in verse 14 in John chapter 1, it says... We beheld His glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. What was Jesus? He was the man from God. What, did, what filled Him? What was that that people heard, that they touched, that they saw? That was grace and truth tabernacling in human flesh. So grace and truth came in the person of Jesus. Who was that person? He was the I Am that spoke to Moses and gave him the law. He was the Almighty God that said, Light be, in Genesis chapter 1. He was the Almighty, and today, risen up, He is the Almighty God. So the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. You get these ideas. Old Testament is law given. New Testament, Gospel of Jesus, 
grace and truth came to us. Why is this significant? Well, giving the law could not produce righteousness. Moses, listen, Moses gave the law, but the law could not produce righteousness in people. He gave the law to unrighteous people. It took Jesus coming with grace and truth to produce righteousness in us. Moses gave the Ten Commandments, but righteousness didn't come with them. You ever bought something, batteries included? You put together that thing, and the batteries aren't there. You don't have any batteries in the house. It's really no good to you. God gave the law, but it didn't come with righteousness. And so when people took the law, all it did was show them how powerless they were to fulfill it. Really, Paul said, you know, I really wasn't much of an adulterer until the law came and then I became one. The law shows us for the unrighteousness that we basically and essentially are. So Moses gave the Ten Commandments, but righteousness didn't come with them. God could give the law, but the law could not give righteousness. I've said this probably three or four different times, and I know I'm being redundant, but it's a very important point that people have a hard time getting. God could give the law, but the law could not give righteousness. Only grace and truth coming through Jesus could make you righteous. Hallelujah. Let me say it to you in a way that I think you'll really bring it home for you. I can preach to you about charity, but it won't make you generous. I can preach to you about love, but it won't make you kind. I can preach to you about faith, but it won't make you believe. The Ten Commandments could preach to you about righteousness, but they had no power to make you righteous. That all has to come from within. And when grace and truth came into your life through Jesus Christ, love, charity, faith, righteousness entered in. When God said, thou art righteous, when, he, when Jesus, you received him as Savior, and he said, you are righteous, he spoke transformation into your nature. He made you righteous by declaring you righteous. You see, righteousness is a miracle. It is a miracle. It is the transforming miracle of the new birth. God speaks into you. You are my daughter. You are my son. He picks you up out of your fallen state of unrighteousness. He justifies you because he is righteous and he is just. He has the authority to do it. Why? Because he died for your sins. He took them from you so he has the power to say, your sins are taken away. You are righteous. Hallelujah. And so he has the authority to do that. Can you say amen? Yes, God could give the law to unrighteous people, but it merely made them stumble. So God himself came with grace and truth. Hallelujah. And that makes you righteous because he has the authority to change you. And my closing thought is this. And now that you have been declared righteous, 
You have the authority to be changed. You have the authority to be transformed. You have the authority to be new. You have the authority to be everything that God says you are. You are righteous. You are in right standing with God. Everything that Jesus is, you have the authority to receive that, to be that. The fruits of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, all that the Bible talks about, all the obstacles have been cleared. That's what righteousness means. You have the authority to open the treasure chest, put on the clothes. You ever gone up into the attic or getting into your parents, remember getting into your parents, putting your dad's clothes on or getting into that stuff? Hallelujah. Jesus' garment, his power, his anointing, you are authorized to be transformed. Why should we live below that privilege any longer? Why should we tolerate or put up with behavior occupying our actions, words occupying our mouth, thoughts occupying our mind that are less than Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says. Make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. You have the authority to make that decision and to do it. I know it scares me a little bit too because I think, darn, there goes my excuse. I'm really a very gutsy preacher for standing up here behind the pulpit and saying that with my wife sitting here, listening to me say it, because she's just adjusting herself back there, and I could just hear her thoughts in her head, wrote that down. <laughs> I will remind him of that. You don't have to be that way. You have the authority to be like Jesus. Well, good, you remind me of it, because that is absolutely right. Why should we take a lower position when God has raised us up in His Son, Jesus Christ. You have the authority of righteousness. Stand with me this morning. Hallelujah. How many of you this morning want to claim your place as the righteousness of God in Christ? The city will rejoice. Your seed will come back. The desires of your heart will be met. The name of the Lord will be a strong tower and you'll be safe. His eyes will be over you, watching you. His ears will be open to your prayers. How many of you want that? Hallelujah. How many of you just want to live that blessed life? Blessed, blessed, blessed. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Uh, the wonderful thing about the authority of righteousness is that it doesn't depend on all the troubles that assail you out there in the world being ended or put to an end. It's all you shine forth. The righteous shine forth as the sun. Want to turn that light on on the inside of you? Let it shine. The children had it right. This little light of mine. It's wonderful. They could make the decision. I'm going to let it shine. Lift your hands with me this morning. May the light of His countenance not just shine upon you, but He who has made you His throne, 
you his temple. May his light, the light of his love, the abundance of grace, may it shine within you today. May it heal your countenance and may it lift up all that is sagging in your heart. May every discomfort, every stress, every pain and sickness be driven beneath your feet as the Lord lifts you up to take your place in victory because you are the righteousness of God in Christ. I simply repeat what He has declared. You are mine. This day have I begotten you. I am the Lord who justifies you. And nobody can pluck you from my hands, says the Lord your God. Give Him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.